Welcome to the Adra Canada Insider Podcast. This week we are doing a special series for our week of Adra Emphasis and we're focusing on the different sectors of the work of Adra Canada. And today I have with me Peggy Caesar to discuss with us our work with people with disabilities. Peggy. Hi Heather, it's good to be here with you. Yeah, welcome. Thank you. We haven't been working together very long, actually. You came while I was on mat leave, and now I'm back. And I'd like to hear a little bit more about who you are, where you come from, and, and how you ended up at Adra Canada. Yes, this is true. Um, <clears throat> so I ended up at Adra Canada in August 2019. Um, at the time, I was looking for a new adventure, a new challenge. And uh, I prayed about it, and uh, I received an invitation to apply for a, a position as a um, project manager mm -hmm. through the emergency program and that's really where I started mm -hmm. but I brought with me uh, this passion and the experience in communications and so when COVID-19 uh, hit in March 2020 then we realized that we would have to do something a little different and so I moved over to the supporter relations department mm -hmm. where I became the communication specialist for for the agency. So what does that mean, communication specialist? What does your role encompass? <laughs> you know, that's a great question. Uh, and I think I am the first communication specialist that Adra has really had properly. And so um, the role has been uh, evolving. Mm -hmm. And it has, um, first of all, really um, included working directly with the project teams uh, across all of our programs. That's development, that's emergency, as well as the Canadian program, to try and uh, gather stories to also help uh, to build capacity with our project teams and partners because of course with COVID-19 we're unable to travel mm -hmm. and so that has really been uh, rewarding working directly with the teams to help them to tell better stories. The other thing that I have been doing for the agency is helping to uh, craft some strategic communication products mm -hmm. and so that has been also uh, very rewarding working to develop stories for the messenger and other things. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So your position is all about gathering those stories and getting the word out there of what ADRA is doing, uh, what we have done, what we would like to do, and in the most impactful way possible. Absolutely. I truly believe that the work that we are doing at ADRA is something to celebrate. And mm. so I just really am encouraged to be a part of, of highlighting the, the tremendous work that we're doing at mm -hmm. this agency. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So Peggy, we have you here with us today to talk about our work in Tanzania with people with albinism as an example of the work that ADRA does with people with disabilities. So I can't wait to hear more from you on that. We're going to watch now a video about this project. And I would just like to caution those who are watching, especially with young children. There may be some things in the video that are disturbing. It's a very difficult subject. So we would just like to say viewer discretion is advised. To almost everyone on Earth, the rising sun is a welcome sight. All life on Earth is dependent on the sun. The sun provides us with energy, warmth and vitamin D. Without the sun, plants and trees would not grow to provide us with the food we eat every day. But for people with albinism, the sun is not such a welcome sight. It can be deadly. Albinism is a genetic disorder that causes people to lack pigment in their hair, skin, and eyes. While it is a rare condition worldwide, there is a high concentration of people with albinism in East Africa, 
In many countries, albinism has become associated with superstitions that cause fear, discrimination, and persecution. Many people believe that people who suffer from this disorder are haunted or cursed by God and must endure a life of albinism as punishment for some evil they did in a previous life. Many people believe that albinism is a contagious disease, causing people to avoid contact and integration. The stigma is there. People with albinism are stigmatized. If we get too close to people in the street or market, they spit on us. When we walk down the road, if we meet a woman who is pregnant, she will move to the other side of the road because she is afraid that if she gets close to us, she might have a baby who is like us. We are considered worthless to most people. We have no value to them at all. But what can we do? When they spit on us, what can we say? We choose not to be mean in return. They are God's children as well. God loves them as much as he loves us. We must love them too and forgive them. Perhaps one of the most tragic ideas is the belief that people with albinism's bones and body parts can transmit magical powers that will bring prosperity to the user. This has caused people with albinism, even children, to be hunted, killed, and dismembered. Graves have been desecrated and the bones sold on the black market to be used in witchcraft rituals. I was working on a farm when some men approached me. At first, I did not know what they wanted, but then it became clear that they wanted to cut off my arm so they could sell it on the black market. I did the only thing that I knew I could do, and that was run. I ran for my life. While taking a sharp corner, I hit my face on a wall of a house. I survived, but I had hit the wall so hard that it caused much damage to the area around my eye. When I went to the hospital for treatment, they tested my skin around the eye. They found that I had cancer. I had to have my eye removed if I was to survive. I allowed them to go ahead, and that is why I am here today. But they told me that there would be a good chance that my cancer would return because of my albinism. Sadly, most people with albinism die by the age of 40 from health conditions that could be easily prevented. Exposure to the sun can be highly damaging to the eyes and skin. Sunscreen, protective clothing, hats and sunglasses are essential for the health of people with albinism. ADRA Tanzania has been working with the albinism community for over 20 years. Teaching life skills, they encourage the people with the message, disability is not inability. They have been providing education and awareness on methods to prevent skin cancer and providing treatments for people who present with precancerous conditions. When the COVID-19 pandemic struck Africa, many businesses and factories closed their doors, including the only factory in Tanzania that produces sunscreen. 
This has caused a severe shortage of sunscreen throughout the country. When it can be found, the price has risen so high that the people who need it the most cannot afford it. During the pandemic, most people with albinism have struggled to find enough income to purchase food for one daily meal, let alone find funds for expensive lotions. My name is Victoria. Ever since my husband left me, I have been struggling to feed my three children on my own. The only work that I am able to find is as a day laborer out in the fields exposed to the hot sun. This is why I look like this. The clinic says that my condition is not good. For six months, I have been trying to secure some sunscreen to protect myself, but there has been none to be found. I have been praying that God will help us. As if in answer to Victoria's pleas, along with the prayers of many of her friends, ADRA Canada was recently contacted by Health Partners International of Canada. They had noticed the work that ADRA was doing with the community of people with albinism in Tanzania. They offered to provide pallets of sunscreen for Tanzania. Of course, ADRA agreed and the shipment was arranged. The life-saving sunscreen was received in Tanzania with the most profound gratitude. I do not have enough words to thank ADRA for the beautiful gift they have given to my friends and I with albinism. Having access to ADRA's mobile clinic and sunscreen distribution at the same time has been an honest answer to prayer. Thank you for touching our lives. After going so long without protection, ADRA has come to our rescue. May God bless you for giving us this lotion. This sunscreen will have a significant impact on our lives. It will keep away the cancer. I thank you so much. May God continue to bless you so that you will be able to provide more lotion for us in the future. As the pandemic continues to rage on in Africa, with new contagious variants being identified, the need for sunscreen is ongoing. People with albinism in Tanzania need our support. Please give generously to ADRA's Where Needed Most Fund so that we can continue helping people get protection from the sun. Thank you for your support. Okay, we're back. That was really powerful to watch. Mm -hmm. okay. One of the things that really stands out to me when I watch this video is the courage of the people who are willing to step out to make themselves transparent so that we can get a glimpse of what they go through every day. Mm -hmm. I was really touched by the woman who said, when they spit on us, when they say these bad things to us, we don't return the unkindness. They are also God's children and, and we love them too. To me, that's so powerful because on the one hand, they have the right to retaliate. What's being done to them is unjust and unfair, and yet they don't. And it's amazing how people that are looked down on as somehow inferior can be such shining examples of Jesus himself 
here on earth in his ministry and even God's government of selfless love. And um, it makes me think of a quote from Joni Erickson Tada, who is a quadriplegic. This just floored me when I first read it. She wrote, Our Savior chose to flash his credentials as Messiah through ministry to disabled people. A disability magnifies God's grace. We in our wheelchairs get to prove how great and how trustworthy God is. Amen. Amen. And it also just ties in with Adra's message to them of, what was it? Disability is not... Inability. Disability is not inability. Absolutely. And that message came across loud and clear. The phrase disability is not inability uh, was not used at the beginning of the project. It was actually used at the end of the project. And this is because it came through in the interviews that uh, the team had with the project participants on the ground. One of the most profound um, interviews that I read was a little girl who uh, was a person with uh, albinism or PWA. And for her, the fear was not so much of harm or of even uh, disease, but it was inclusion. It was her inability to access school. Mm-hmm. And for many persons with albinism, that's what comes through loud and clear, and certainly in this video. Mm-hmm. So they face um, physical dangers, you know, Absolutely. with no pigment in their skin. They are highly vulnerable to the sun's rays, and the video addressed that skin cancer is a very real and present danger for them. And then socially and culturally, they face dangers. But for her, it was the barriers from having... Uh, being able to live a full and and productive life that was hurting her the most. Is that what you're saying? Absolutely. And you know, in the video, when you see uh, seniors uh, with albinism, they're quite rare because the the genetic defect does shorten life expectancy. Mm -hmm. And so to see her thriving and working, I think it was really tremendous. So can you tell us more about this project? Uh, Maybe let's start at the very beginning Mm -hmm. of how it even came about, because I have heard whispers in the corridors (laughs) and I get the sense that there's a really amazing story there. So I'd love to hear what it is. Absolutely. So it was uh, back in the time when I was uh, in the emergency program as a project manager. And um, it was around June 2020. COVID-19 was already around. It was disrupting supply chains. And uh, we got a call from Health Professionals International Canada. Mm -hmm. Uh, They're an NGO that's based in Montreal. Uh, Their mandate is to uh, receive uh, pharmaceutical products uh, and other over-the-counter medicines and find uh, other NGOs that can work within country to help to distribute uh, those products. Mm -hmm. So they contacted Under the Same Sun in Calgary to ask them if they wanted to have five pallets of sunscreen. So Under the Same Sun is an NGO in Calgary and they work with persons with albinism in Tanzania. But their project is quite small. I think they deal with about 270 participants in a particular uh, school. So they suggested that um, HPIC contact Adra Canada and that's when I got the call. And we were very excited because of course we work with Adra Tanzania and they have been working with persons with albinism for over 20 years. And so the call went to them from Adra Canada rather quickly and they were very excited because unbeknownst to us, 
The one factory in Tanzania closed down because of COVID-19, making the life-saving lotion unavailable for folks who really needed it. And so this was really a gift from God and a lifesaver to the people in Tanzania. And so we began work, working right away. And uh, when we deal with uh, persons with um, albinism in Africa, there is a, a need to ensure that education and awareness is brought in as well as prevention. Uh, and education. Mm -hmm. And so that's where the escape project came in. So it's the awareness, it's, it's prevention, and it is uh, education. Um, so um, it took us quite some time to organize the shipment to Tanzania because of the COVID-19 um, supply chain disruptions. Mm -hmm. And all through the, the summer of 2020, uh, right through uh, January 2021, we were praying that um, the delivery uh, would make it to its destination. There were huge um, slowdowns, huge disruptions. The Tanzania team would go to the customs office almost on a weekly basis mm -hmm. asking whether it had been um, received, whether it had been reviewed. And we just labored and prayed for it to arrive safely. And it finally did. Mm -hmm. It finally did. The project began in April 2021. Mm -hmm. and. Uh, you know, to the joy of the team and all of us. So it was from April to July, I understand, this yes. project? Yes. And they distributed the sunscreen to the people with albinisms, but that you were mentioning some other aspects of the project mm -hmm. as well. Can mm -hmm. you tell us more about that? So really another thing that makes this project so special, it wasn't just the blessing of over 14,000 tubes of um, sunscreen. Mm -hmm. That was tremendous. But because ADRA Canada and ADRA Tanzania were going to be working together to um, make that shipment a reality in the country. Other NGOs who are working uh, with persons with albinism, such as Under the Same Sun, Standing Voice, and the Tanzania uh, Albinism Society came alongside us mm -hmm. to really make sure that we were taking advantage of every opportunity to have those sunscreens available to those who needed it. And then we added the, uh, this advocacy and education component. We worked with um, local uh, public health uh, clinics and authorities so that we also um, were able to um, provide uh, cryosurgery, mm -hmm. um, which is part of the issue. Um, it's these little skin tags that turn uh, cancerous. Mm -hmm. And so we we're able to do that. And then because um, of the that advocacy piece, uh, we were able to also identify uh, certain people who came to those clinics who needed even more intensive care. Mm -hmm. So there was that life-saving component with the identification of the need for treatment as well. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. So mm -hmm. it was, first of all, there are all these links yes. and chain of events and people involved in getting these over 14,000 lotions mm -hmm. to the people who needed it the most. That, like you said, is a gift from God. You can see God's hand moving in that mm -hmm. all the way through. And, uh, and then I love so much that it was such a coordinated effort with many different NGOs who have a heart for people with albinism to, to make sure that they're getting all these different kinds of additional services and, and referrals and surgeries and all of that. That's amazing. And I, I know that they're, uh, in addition to the skin cancer and uh, genetically determined shortened lifespan, they're also up against some dangers from society. So when you say awareness is part of this project, is that awareness also for the communities in which they live? Absolutely. That is a fundamental part of uh, how 
um, this project um, was designed. Mm -hmm. uh, anytime you work with persons with albinism, there has to be that community awareness piece mm -hmm. because that helps to, by God's grace, counteract the um, stigma, superstition, and uh, even witchcraft that is uh, performed on these people. I'm so, so happy to hear that mm -hmm. because it's wonderful and amazing to, to reach out to them individually, but to also do something to try to change the environment in which they Absolutely. are living, to bring down those barriers that prevent them from leaving the house as children. That's right. You were telling me before, they are hidden inside, they are not allowed to go to school because it's dangerous for them. So breaking down those barriers so that they can just live life as God intended, which is our, our mission here at ADRA. And this is, I think this is just a wonderful, wonderful project. So thank you for sharing that. Glad to, glad uh, to be here and thank you for having me. Yeah, in the time that we've worked together, this short amount of time, I've gotten this sense that you're very passionate about working with people with disability. And, and that, that might actually be expanded more than specifically people with disability, but I just wanted to ask you a little bit sure. about that fire within you that comes across when you talk about it, where, where that comes from and why that's important mm -hmm. to you personally. Yeah, thank you for that. Um, and you know, in asking that question, I, I was sort of doing a self-check and I guess that is true. <laughs> um, you know, I grew up here in Canada and um, as a woman of color, I really keenly understood growing up what it was to be different. Mm -hmm. um, up until I was in grade seven, I was the only child of color in my schools. Wow. And so wow. I remember what that was like. I remember the stigma, I remember the labeling. And I just, I think also I, I, I've developed over the years this love and appreciation for people on the margins. Mm -hmm. And that fits in so very well with our mission and our goal here at ADRA. Um, making sure that the voiceless have a voice. I mean, mm -hmm. that is biblical, mm -hmm. that is scriptural. And, uh, and so I, I love working and fighting for uh, the least of these, mm -hmm. uh, those who are forgotten, mm -hmm. um, because the leper has a story too, mm -hmm. right? And mm -hmm. so um, whether it's, uh, you know, working with people with uh, albinism in Tanzania, uh, working with um, our indigenous population uh, in the North or our First Nations across uh, Canada, um, you know, the fight for inclusion uh, of women in places like Kenya or Laos. I mean, this is, I think, the kind of work that God approves, mm -hmm. right? Because everyone has a story. If we listen intently with our hearts, mm -hmm. I think we can see Christ in everyone mm -hmm. and the gospel, mm -hmm. right? Spoken through everyone, mm -hmm. even the lady who was breaking rocks, who still loves those uh, who persecute her. I mean, that is tremendous. Mm -hmm. And I pray that I would become like her. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Same. Like some of us in Canada, myself, you know, we have so many advantages that we were just born with. Yes. And then there are others who are born with so many disadvantages and like that woman. And, and she's the one who's inspiring me to Amen. be more Christ-like. Amen. And um, it's such a privilege to do this kind of work yes. because it is not one-sided. It is not agile rushing in to save the day. It's it's a it's a mutual thing. We are learning from each other and helping each other and inspiring each other. And it's such a privilege to be a part of that, even in just a, a small small way. So another partner that we really owe a debt of gratitude to is um, the Manitoba Council for International Cooperation, mm -hmm. or MCIC. Without them, we could not really have done uh, what we did with this project. Mm -hmm. And another interesting layer to this is is that it's our donors in Manitoba that made it possible. Oh wow. So really, in fact, this is a Manitoba 
uh, project, mm -hmm. a Mansas project, mm -hmm. right? And so want to thank them. We worked in partnership with MCIC, HPIC, uh, under the same sun, and Standing Voice, Tanzania uh, Albinism Society, a whole host of partners to make this a reality. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. Mm. So, you know, growing up, another thing that um, I was keenly aware of is um, labels mm -hmm. and words and how we refer to people. Mm -hmm. You know, words can hurt and they can stigmatize mm -hmm. and diminish. And so, historically, persons with albinism were called albinos, mm -hmm. uh, but this is now a pejorative. Uh, it's not recommended. Mm -hmm. And so either people with albinism or persons with albinism or PWA. So PWA for short. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah same. Growing up, I always heard albino, 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 mm -hmm. but it did. I don't know why. It's mm -hmm. not like it was explicitly taught to me, but it did have this feeling of mm -hmm. something bad. Mm -hmm. So I can see why they would prefer to make the switch to persons with Absolute. albinism. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. They are persons with a particular genetic disorder, mm -hmm. the disorder does not define who they are. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Beautiful. So it's very difficult uh, to actually get a proper count of um, mm. persons with albinism and the disabled as far as that goes across Africa mm -hmm. and in Tanzania mm -hmm. uh, because many times parents are embarrassed or fearful or just because there are no supports mm -hmm. and neighbors don't know, for example. I know that sometimes uh, children with disability are just um, fastened to a post uh, while the parent goes out to earn a wage for the day. Mm -hmm. In terms of uh, children with albinism, there's that real danger of kidnapping, of, of physical harm and danger, and so children are hidden away. Mm -hmm. uh, schools and orphanages that take in uh, children with albinism uh, have to have barbed wire and security, and sometimes they, there are news of raiding parties uh, that come around certain communities and villages and so there is a, a fear factor that is very real mm -hmm. in uh, in those communities and in Tanzania. Uh, there have been reports uh, from 2007 and onwards of uh, children and uh, and farmers for example uh, being attacked in their fields, mm -hmm. um, body parts being hacked off and being left to die and so there is that stigma and that has to be really addressed. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So you said it's possible even for neighbors to not know that a child with a disability or a child with albinism is right next door. So I imagine that must mean that in Tanzania, for example, there's the official count and then the unofficial count. Can you tell us what those numbers look like? Yes, absolutely. And they are so disparate and so mm -hmm. jarring because uh, the official count as of 2021 human rights uh, report is about 7,000 documented uh, persons with albinism in Tanzania. Mm -hmm. However, you know, albinism is a genetic disorder. So it really does present itself on fixed uh, principles, mm -hmm. genetic principles. Mm -hmm. And uh, scientists uh, imagine it's one in uh, 1,429. Mm -hmm. So when we look at the population of Tanzania, which is almost 60 million people, mm -hmm. and we apply that ratio, one in uh, 1,429, then we would expect to find about 40,000, maybe 500 uh, persons with albinism within the country. Mm -hmm. When we look at the last census that was taken by the Tanzania Albinism Society, uh, they place it at a higher number, mm -hmm. much higher number. Mm -hmm. In 2018, they registered about 18,000. So we know that there are more 
than are officially listed. Mm -hmm. So it's very critical to make sure that they get the supplies and the services they need to remain healthy, but also to bring that awareness piece to the community and, and the culture at large, that education piece as well, and to break down those barriers so children don't have to be hiding at home. They can be children, they can go to school and grow up into adults who can live full lives. Absolutely, albinism appears across the globe. Mm -hmm. It's everywhere because it's a genetic def defect. Mm -hmm. It's just that because it occurs a little more prevalently mm -hmm. in Africa. Especially East Africa. East Africa, mm -hmm. where it is so apparent and jarring because yes. of the lack of pigmentation. Mm -hmm. In Europe and Scandinavian countries, there are persons with albinism, but they're not nearly as evident or mm -hmm. obvious. Mm -hmm. And so there's that stigma mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. is attached to albinism in Africa, East Africa. So that distribution of, of sunscreen lotions, um, do we know how long that would last an individual who received it? Ballpark figure, how long that might last them? So if you notice in the, in the video, um, we distributed about six um, tubes per person. Mm -hmm. And so we were thinking that each tube would last approximately three months. Mm -hmm. And so it should take them hopefully uh, just about a year. Mm -hmm. So just about a year, that means that with all the effort it takes to get more shipments over there, That's right. um, there's a bit of a lead time now to get things in order and to get things over there. Right. Uh, so if someone watching this podcast was inspired to mm. help in some way, whether it is providing another shipment or helping to provide another shipment or some other piece of working mm. with persons with albinism, how could they go about doing that? Yes, we depend on everyone uh, to help make these um, projects possible. So if someone really wanted to come on board and help, we would be so grateful. Mm -hmm. uh, they could go to adra.ca forward slash donate mm -hmm. and go to where needed most and make their donation there. Mm -hmm. And then once the, the project uh, is off the ground, uh, we could utilize those funds to again get another shipment or some other aspect mm -hmm. of this project and that's the people sorry and that's the beauty of the where needed mm -hmm. most pot yes. because it gives the agency the flexibility absolutely. we need to make the most of the opportunities that present themselves working with these people absolutely we look for synergies mm -hmm. uh, in partnerships so that our partners can take pieces of a project mm -hmm. and uh, that way we all share costs, mm -hmm. which is really a wonderful way to do business mm -hmm. and to make sure that we're maximizing every single donor dollar. Mm -hmm. Beautiful, that's wonderful. Well, thank you so much, Peggy, for coming and being with us and sharing with us about this project, about the importance of working with people with disability in general. It's been wonderful and inspiring to hear from you and to see, like I said, that fire you have within you when you talk about these kinds of things and working with people in the margins. For those of you who are watching, thank you so much for being with us today. I hope you are just as inspired as I was learning about this important work that ADRA is doing, working with people with disability. And thank you so much for tuning in for our special series for the week of ADRA Emphasis. I invite you to visit our website to see all the other wonderful resources that we have available. We also have some events coming up. You can read all about that on our website. And please come back here soon for our next installment of this special series. Thank you so much.